Kia ora, koutou everyone. Welcome to Queenstown Live podcast. It's Monday. It's very windy. I'm here with the lovely Dr. Sandra Clare, who is founder of Artemis, uh, plant medicine expert and medical anthropologist, which we'll talk about in a little bit because I'd love that on my badge that I wear. Um, and you live in Dunedin. Welcome. Hari mai. Haramai, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's very exciting. You, you are very welcome. Now, tell me, how is the lovely Dunedin this morning? Is it, It's very windy here. Um, it's actually, I think we must have sent the wind your way because we were very windy yesterday, but it's very still and calm. And I'm looking over the harbour right now and it's, there's no ripples. So we have absolutely a wind still beautiful day. Amazing. It's now it's supposed to be 20 degrees here today and then snowing tonight. So, you know, the world's crazy. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> but I was saying that, you know, when I came to New Zealand 25 years ago, people um, advised me to dress like an onion so that I could, <laughs> you know, be adaptable to the weather change. And um, so, you know, this has been going on for quite some time that is the i'm gonna write that down dress like an onion that is the that is such a perfect way i mean it's so like that here when people come here they forget that we live um you know we live in the mountains and it's like can be 20 degrees one minute and then three degrees the next minute so dressing like an onion prepares you for all um now i ask everyone how are you and how are you so those questions mean very different things <laughs> Tell me what you mean. I am feeling really well today, if that's what one of the question is. Um, but in general, I, um, I really enjoy my life. So yeah. I feel good about what I do because um, I feel in a privileged situation that I'm doing what I'm feeling passionate about. Yeah. And that, of course, um, you know, underpins my happiness and my happy space. So now life is good, even though it is a bit crazy out there. But the, I guess the positive upshot of that is, is that people start to um, you know, reflect a bit more and have a bit more space to reflect on what is important in their lives. And I think healthcare has really come to the forefront. You know, it's the thinking that health is our biggest wealth. And if we're not looking after this body well, you know, no matter if we're rich or poor, we're not having a very good experience on this planet. So I think it's just a, a good time for us to rethink, reset, and certainly natural healthcare, you know, has come to the forefront of people realizing that they have actually tools that they can look after themselves so that they feel better. Yeah, because you're a psychic, because half of that is the questions I was going to ask you. <laughs> but, um, I love it. But I, was, I actually wrote, are people coming back to health because of lockdown? So how was, how was lockdown for you and how did it... Um, did it change or shape your business slightly differently or did you see any any new trends emerging so artemis was um, established as an essential service and um, so we were very fortunate that we actually have continuously worked during lockdown yeah. so we did not have an involuntary holiday on the contrary we were extremely busy because we are supplying pharmacies we are supplying rest homes we are supplying health stores so, you know, being part of the supply chain meant that we could keep working, which was fantastic. And also because our products were very topical, like the Viragon, for example, and the chest relief, you know, people were looking for those products to support their bodies so that they have a better fighting chance yeah. um, if they were exposed to, um, you know, pathogens. So from that point of view, 
there wasn't much change for us and we already have been working remotely most of the team so we as a company we look for the best talent and um, we don't mind so much where people are living we just want the best talent in our company so we have people literally from northland to canada um, you know working for Artemis. so we already had done that transition and we were able to um, because we manufacture in new zealand we were able to supply our supply chain and you know our retail partners and customers where things have been um, a bit more complex and difficult was logistics yeah. So obviously, you know, the whole logistics chain has kind of shut down and particularly getting products to our international um, customers. That has been really tricky. Um, it's become a little bit easier as the months have gone by. Um, but that would, I would say that was the biggest um, hurdle for us to overcome. As a company, we are, you know, a nimble company. We've always been. And so adaptability and resilience are already part of our DNA. Yeah. And um, it just has brought it to the forefront that these are really key attributes of a company, um, you know, to weather the storm um, during these unsettled times. So you're, um, you grew up in Switzerland, which and a place that I've ne I've always wanted to go and never been to coming from, I, I will be European till I die, whether my country wants that or not. Um, but it's, what's the, what do you, what do you see are the similarities and the differences between New Zealand and Switzerland in terms of, I suppose, in terms of just general difference and, and similarity, but also in terms of how we think about our health and our bodies. Yes, so I came to New Zealand 25 years ago and really fall in love with this country. I think, you know, New Zealand is very special and probably during COVID, you know, we have just seen how special this country is. You know, we have fantastic people. We have an amazing environment and many of the, the features that we see around the lakes, particularly central Otago, which is really, you know, like a mini Switzerland in many ways, you know, it just does remind me of home and, you know, where you live in, in, in um, Queenstown, you know, that could be somewhere in the Swiss Alps, of course, yep. as well. So there's a lot of commonality in terms of the landscape. I think um, New Zealanders have more innocence in many ways and have more creativity in their minds because it's a relatively speaking a young country yeah. you know compared with Switzerland and you know other European countries where you come from where of course we have literally you know thousands of years of, of history already yeah. in terms of healthcare um, Switzerland is obviously a very you know high-tech modern country but we have always kept on using traditional plant medicines because it works so it's just, you know, the evidence is very compelling. People have fantastic results. So we always have used and we always will use traditional plant medicines in our mainstream medical system. Yeah. In 2009, there was actually a public vote where um, the right and access to plant medicines has been put into the constitution. Wow. It means that no matter what government we have, this is a constitutional right. That's how strong Swiss people feel about it. And, you know, I can absolutely assure you, we are not hippie people. You know, we're very rational people. <laughs> have a very high-tech, um, you know, um, medical system as well as other high-tech industries. But we know what works. And so we want to hang on to the things that are really working well. It's so that's probably the biggest difference, you know, and here in New Zealand, unfortunately, traditional plant medicine is really, um, 
you know, it has not the status that it has in Switzerland. It, it doesn't have the status it has with our trading partners. So pretty much we're the only country in the OECD that doesn't support the choice of natural health care. That's a really sad, um, you know, a summary of the state of affairs right yeah, now. Yeah, and it's really interesting, right? Because, you know, I love how you say we're not hippies. When, when actually um, coming from somewhere, like I come from the UK, where... I would never have been, ex I was never exposed to plant medicine at all. You know, you went to, if you had something wrong, you went to the doctor and they gave you a pill and you got, you know, or your mum made you, the only, the biggest plant thing I probably ever had was when I had a cold, I had lemon in my hot water or a bit of ginger. Do you know, that was, we just were never exposed to that stuff. So then it created this mindset that there's this and then there's this and they sit they don't sit alongside each other at all they're so far apart from each other when that's just not the case right no it's not the case at all and i think you know i'm a medical historian as well and if you look at it from a historical point of view plant medicine of course is the mother of all medical systems including pharmaceutical medicine so without plant medicine there is no pharmaceutical medicine you know if you think about you know poppy having been the basis of morphine you know uh, metal sweet being the basis of aspirin yeah. you know etc etc there's a long list of medicinal plants that have um, you know provided the skeletons of modern drugs that have been um, you know manufactured later on so really for me and pharmaceutical drugs are just a child of traditional plant medicine yeah, yeah. Um, and they go very well you know hand in hand with each other so health is a continuum you know like you can have just minor things and common health complaints you can have a cold or a flu or you can have some more serious issues where your life is you know under threat for example pneumonia yeah. and depending of at which stage you are on the continuum you choose the right remedy for that so you do not need to use antibiotics for things that are viral for example you know we completely mess up our um, you know microbiome doing that but there are very good plants you know like echinacea for example thyme that will do the job just as well without causing those unwanted side effects yeah. so i always say to people you know we are very fortunate to have such a good modern healthcare system i'm very fortunate we have anesthetics, antibiotics, you know, very strong pain relieving medication. Thanks goodness for that. But they are really for emergencies and they're really where there is no other option. Yeah. And I think what countries like Switzerland have done is, is that they looked at all of the options and plant medicine is really the first line of defense. You know, and it's quite often all what people need to rebalance their health. Yeah. You know, if something, um, you know, gets out of hand, if it's not addressed quickly enough, then, you know, it may progress into secondary and tertiary healthcare. And that's where the more modern techniques will come in. Yeah. But, you know, it's really about self-care and trying to catch those imbalances early enough. And, and do you think that people are not necessarily coming back to that but even starting that more people are starting that journey looking at that as an as a way of um not 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 going to um something that they've been given by the doctor straight away they're actually going do you know what i'm gonna have a look and see what this is do you think more people are doing that now 
Absolutely, you know, and I can absolutely vouch for that because I've seen that journey that New Zealand has gone through over the last 25 years. So, you know, one of the educational motto of Artemis is, is self-care and empower people to look better after their own bodies and their own mind. Yeah. You know, yeah. giving tools that people can apply themselves. So it's, it's about lessening dependency on a healthcare system that is already very stretched. Yeah, and, and definitely, you know, I could see that, you know, when I first started, you know, the, the places where it was very easy to be able to get in with the Artemis products with the health stores and the practitioners because they understood the quality of what we are providing. The pharmacies were quite reluctant, but that has dramatically changed over the last five years. And in fact, natural health is really the stellar performer in pharmacies now. And it's all driven by people. You yeah. know, it's people asking for those remedies. Yeah. And why are people asking for those, those remedies? Because they work. You know, either they have had an experience themselves, like, you know, they had maybe um, a continuous cough that wouldn't go away. They've tried different, you know, medicines, nothing worked. They would use maybe a chest relief, um, you know, from Artemis, and all of a sudden the cough is gone. So it's those personal experiences, or they have witnessed a loved one, you know, being unwell and then using natural health care and getting better. It's those personal experiences that then prompt people to go into the pharmacies and ask for those remedies. Yeah. So there's definitely a change. And I can, I can tell you that before lockdown and also during lockdown, you know, our whole respiratory and immune range, you know, we just sold, we almost sold out, you know, yeah. we, we, just, we just really had to scramble to manufacture more to fulfill those orders yeah. and it just showed to me that people clicked on that the healthier they are the better equipped they are to you know face an infection if they yeah. are unlucky enough to be infected totally and I, I love what you say i'm really a really big believer in that whole thing about people being in charge of their own bodies and health and not needing somebody else to be that you know we kind of hold up health professionals as gods right that and they're the only people who can direct us but actually we know a lot about our own bodies and and we know the more information we get the more empowered we feel to i can keep doing this i can do this on my own i can read about this or i can learn about this or take this thing um and, and i absolutely love that i love people being in charge of their own their, their own thought around what that looks like you know, the reality is, is we're living in our bodies 24-7. So we really, you know, yeah. if we're attentive, we know if we're yeah. feeling good or not. Yeah. And I think the, the, the what we've always done as people, you know, plant medicine has been around for as long as the human species has been on this planet. So we always knew which plants will help to rebalance our physiology. I think the, the key really is, is to capture things early enough so that they're not getting out of hand. Yeah. And then being humble enough that if we feel that we can't, um, you know, shift an issue in our bodies, then it's the time to ask for help. Yeah. So it's really about, you know, not being, um, you know, kind of strong headed about it and say, you know, I always have to do it on my own. That's not what natural health care is about. It's using the right remedy at the right time. And it's absolutely okay to ask for help. But I would just say is that there are many, many things we can do in our families. Yeah. And you now before we ever have to go down to the doctor, let's yeah. use the doctors who are very stretched and the nurses who are very stretched and the health system, which is very stretched. Let's use those guys in the right way when we really need 
help and let's deal with common ailments ourselves and that is things like immunity it's helping us to sleep better it's helping us to deal with our stress levels better you know for women having a regular cycle yeah. um, you know working on our fertility and our female happiness you know all of these things um, you know there's so many tools out of nature that we can apply now, um, I want to know your secret. What do you have every day? Is there something you have every day? It's in your secret little toolkit. Yes, I do actually have a secret little toolkit, which is kind of my self-care routine. So before my breakfast, every day, and that's kind of, that's just religious, really. Um, every day before breakfast, I have a liver detox tea. Yep. Because, you know, if you needed to do one thing, one good thing for your body every day, then it's looking after your liver. The liver has over 500 different functions, you know, from digestion to detox, detoxification, you know, absorption of food, elimination of food, you know, you name it, that's really your power factory. And the liver is also very important for um, good energy levels. Yeah. So if the liver is sluggish, people feel very tired. If the liver is working well, you feel really well in yourself, plenty of energy. So that's the one thing that I do every day for my liver. I support my liver with a liver detox tea. And then at the end of the day, um, I take a deep sleep tea, the Artemis deep sleep tea. And that's really about, um, you know, acknowledging that we have busy lives. Quite often our minds keep going and our bodies keep going. And it's just enabling and supporting our body to go into that relaxing mode. Yeah. So it's switching from the sympathetic nervous system to the parasympathetic nervous system. And so I support my body in that way. And then in between during the day, it just really is depending on what's going on. So during lockdown and even now, you know, I use the Viragon every day and it's just simply as a, you know, hygiene healthcare thing is, is that I'm just trying to really boost my immune system so that I'm as strong as possible if I am exposed to pathogens that are harmful to me. So I use that. Um, it could be that maybe I have a tummy bug, so I would use the digestive yeast tea. So I'm quite flexible then during the day what I need. But the liver detox tea and the deep sleep tea are really my pillars of health. My, my pen is on fire. I've been writing all these things down. Um, now, as I'm starting to, um, some of these podcasts look at regions. And so Dunedin is a region. I, I mean, I've just got back from Dunedin. And it, it, for me, it's one of the most exciting cities in the whole of the country, I think. It's incredible. Now, I'd love to know your secret, um, maybe your secret cafe that you go to or a secret <laughs> lovely walk that you like to do because I know you're, you're a big fan of being outside. That's right. It's always tricky to talk about these things because the fear is that everybody got there, right? <laughs> well, you keep what you need to keep secret. I'll be fine with that. But in terms of cafes, you're right. You know, Dunedin is a fascinating township. I, you know, I came to New Zealand 25 years ago and I was actually meaning to travel and go somewhere else. And, you know, here I am 25 years later still here because it's a per for me, it's a perfect city. Yeah. It is big enough to be really interesting in terms of cafe culture, theatre, movies. You know, there's interesting people here. But it's also small enough that people still know each other. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's a sense of community. Yeah. And, you know, if I do want to go for a, a cup of coffee or tea, um, I just love the precinct. The precinct oh, yes. cafe. Um, they're doing a fantastic job from the people who are running um, this cafe to the gorgeous, beautiful food that they're yeah. serving to the wonderful atmosphere in that building. 
So I think they've done a, a very, very good job. If I want something a bit more formal or, or you know, take somebody out for dinner or we have um, a celebration to celebrate, I love to go to Belmark 7. Oh, um, yeah. They are doing, you know, wonderful regional foods, um, you know, seasonal foods. They have been doing this for a very long time. They've got their own garden. And we just have a, a new addition in town, which used to be Pier um, 24, and it's now called Titi. And these are the people who used to run Glenfellick Gardens. Yeah, you know, right. One of the most amazing restaurant that you can um, imagine. They relocated just before lockdown, so they're in town now, um, quite accessible and beautiful overlooking um, the beach there. So that's my other little um, secret um, curl where I go if I want to have a beautiful um, meal or a beautiful environment. Yeah, and then in terms of the landscape, um, I live um, on the Otago Peninsula myself. Yeah. And this is really where I settled and um, it's my home now. I put down my roots and we live in an eco-sanctuary um, not far away from Harbour Cone. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Walking up Harbour Cone is one of my constitutional walks and it's quite steep so it really keeps me, um, you know, fit in my cardiovascular system and in my legs. And then the other walk that I love doing is just going down to Hooper's Inlet and, you know, just exploring those beaches there which are absolutely amazing. And of course the Otago Peninsula is a wildlife sanctuary it's as well. So being able to be on a beach where you have, um, you know, sea lions is just yeah. incredible. I know. So, um, you know, we're very fortunate. And, you know, I have to say during lockdown, it was um, very easy for me to be in lockdown because I was just surrounded by this beauty. Yeah. So I feel very privileged. And I felt very sorry for people who were locked in a small space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. talked talk mm. a lot about that, the privilege of having space. Um, mm. Just being out, like, we can just walk out of our door and there's trails everywhere and it's so lovely yeah. um yeah and also i think this should motivate us to look well after our landscape you know just to make sure that we are you know guardians and custodians um, of these wild spaces and that we do agriculture in the best possible way that we're not just you know putting poison into our land but we use organic and regenerative methods to keep this beauty and to coexist um, with all the biodiversity uh, in terms of the species we have in New Zealand. Totally agree. Now, Sandra, are you ready for your quick fire round? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> are you ready? Okay. Uh, one thing that brings you joy. Oh, my goodness. One thing that joys me, uh, definitely being in nature and having the sun shining on my face. That's mm. my happy place. Uh, hot bath or hot shower? Hot shower. Uh, manicure, pedicure, or facial? Oh, all of the three of them. <laughs> I love it. Uh, favorite place to sit? Um, on my land, I have a little place where I can overlook the harbor. That's my happy space. Love it. Uh, favorite film? Do you have a favorite film? Do I have a favorite film? Um, hmm. Not sure. I read a lot of books, um, but I haven't been that visual um, lately. So I don't know if I've got a favorite film. I just, I like documentaries. I like um, biographies. You know, I like real things. I'm not so good with Wi-Fi, uh, with, with high, how do you say? I can't even say the name. You know, <laughs> invent, invented stuff. Invented I love stuff. It. 
because it's kind of so detached um, and I hate violent films. Yeah. You know, I think they create a lot of negative emotions in yeah. people and we don't need that. People are already stressed enough. We don't yeah. need to add stress levels. I hear you. Uh, and do you wear a watch? No, I don't. And that's a really curious thing because I grew up in Switzerland where I always wore a watch, including um, at night when sleeping, because time is so important. And you have to be absolutely on time when you are living in Switzerland, otherwise the bus has gone or the train has gone. <laughs> it actually leaves on time. And when I came to New Zealand, I had to kind of de-time myself <laughs> it, to not be such a stickler with I time. I love it. I and so I don't wear a watch. And I remember when I first came to New Zealand and, you know, I was maybe a minute late and I would profusely <laughs> apologize. And people just looked at me in disbelief and said, you know, what is this woman talking about? talking about? <laughs> Let it go, Sandra. I love it. I totally love it. And uh, last question, your current, a current book you're reading. I've just been reading, uh, gosh, a difficult book. I've been reading um, The Tattooist of Auschwitz. Oh, yes. I yeah. have read I know it. Yeah. And being um, from Europe, it's, and I'm, being, I'm obviously a historian as well. It was yeah. just a way of not just looking at the historical facts, but actually about, you know, what happened, um, you know, socially to the, you know, socially in that time, culturally in that time, and also just being very aware of that we have these extremist, um, you know, streams again in our world, and you know what, what triggers people to be yeah. so nasty. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just kind of a reflection. It's not an easy book, but I felt it's one that I wanted to, um, you know, be part of. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sandra, I'm so pleased that we finally got together and talked. Um, and let me know, tell me what you're going to go and do right now. Well, right now I'm going to put my walking pants on and I'm actually going to walk up Harbour Cone because I haven't had my exercise yet for today. And I've got quite a busy afternoon ahead of me, um, which requires a lot of sitting. So I really need to stretch my legs. Well, thank you um, so yeah. much for spending some time with us. Um, and we will talk very soon. Wonderful. Thank you for having me and have you're a welcome. lovely rest of the day. Thank you. Bye.